The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, welcome everybody into the overreaction of Buffalo post game show, even though there's no game brought to you by the market dominator team on the Buffalo rumblings vidcast network presented by Picasso's pizza treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day Picasso's we are Buffalo pizza shipping local and nationwide order online at Picasso's pizza.net. I am the voice of the overreaction Buffalo post game show the last one for the 2022 buffalo bills football season this is it folks this is uh the last time that you're going to get me live or recorded on this platform for i don't know several months i'm going to take some time i'm not sure necessarily what i'm going to do with the other uh podcast that i've started it's 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 funny because i'm excited about doing them on the overreaction uh buffalo po- uh, podcast the just the audio only stuff the, the problem is, is every time it gets to the point where I need to record some content, I'm really burnt out and uh, I work on talking myself out of it. <laughs> so uh, it's up in the air. I might take a couple weeks off. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but this is the last time that you will see me uh, on this show for a little bit of time. The last off tackle with John Fina show is tomorrow, Monday night at 8 p.m. And then uh, I think, I believe potentially the last Hump Day hotline of the year is also, well, at least probably until, uh, whatchamacallit, until uh, free agent time and uh, draft time. And then uh, the Hump Day hotline for sure will be back. Uh, but uh, that will be this Wednesday, I believe, at 8 as well. But it is so good to have you. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Thank you to everybody who is jumping in and, uh, and uh, watching right now, watching me live. I know that the Bengals are... What is 32 seconds left in the game, or I should say in the half, rather. Burrow makes a pass, and it is caught. Into, it throws the ball into double coverage, bracketed coverage. You know, it's the avoid Stephon Diggs at all costs, basically, route. Uh, and, of course, his receiver comes away with the ball. Who's the T. Higgins? Uh, his receiver comes away with the ball with a brilliant catch to put them on the five-yard line. So there's so much about this game. That's the other thing, too. Like, I just feel like 
if I were to continue doing podcasts or doing content that I would just be extremely negative. Um, and that's just how I feel. Like I've got to shake off just where I'm at emotionally, mentally with this team and with this season and still feeling, and I know that you guys are too, cause I see it on Twitter. I see it on Facebook, still feeling the effects of last week's game, especially watching this game, seeing the chiefs get home rushing four early and often four sacks, five sacks in the first half of this football game. And the Buffalo bills, you know, couldn't even, they were out there. It was just, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get into it. So we'll see what happens as far as just content from Joe Miller, but it's good to have all of you guys here. Uh, yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Joe Miller wired, please like, please subscribe it, whatever platform you are consuming this podcast on, whether it's YouTube live right now, uh, or if it's in podcast form, but as I always like to say, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in on the drive to work or watching me live right now, let me just say one more time. Welcome. It's so good to have you. I'm also not going to keep you guys very long. Just want to hit a couple quick points. Uh, yeah. And do, do the business stuff of which I've got some business I need, need to do right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the market dominator. Introducing the market dominator. Folks, I'm John Spaschak, that's right, the Market Dominator, and I am the proud sponsor of the Overreaction Podcast, hosted by my good friend, Joe Miller. You know, his approach is absolutely outstanding. It's excellent. And that's what our approach is when we get into real estate. We help our clients win, just like our beloved team is doing week in and week out. So folks, if you want somebody representing you with the most cutting edge technology, using artificial intelligence and everything we can get our hands on to help you win, you reach out to me directly, 716-570-3298. We will answer our phone. And one more thing, go Bills. Go Bills. That is John Spaschek, the market dominator, representing his team. <clears throat> if you are in the market to buy or sell a home in the Buffalo market or in new york state or i believe anywhere in the country you can give john a call 716-570-3298 that number again 716-570-3298 john thank you so much for your support this year uh it's been a great year i texted you earlier i think yesterday uh just to thank you for your support and uh yeah thank you also to tom from western new york uh beer trail for your support this year a lot of great content a lot of good times a lot of good football we watched a lot of good conversation. Uh, super thankful. It is because of you guys and the watchers, listeners, but it's because of you guys supporting and sponsoring the show that I'm able to do this. So believe me, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. So, yeah, let's uh, talk real quick just about a couple quick things as this uh, this football game is still being played. It's halftime officially for the Bengals and Chiefs game. Um it's a little bit maddening watching this football game. The, 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 the 49ers Eagles game did not turn out anywhere near what I had expected or anticipated, you know, and obviously Brock Purdy getting hurt the way that he did effectively the Josh Allen injury, right? The difference is, is Josh Allen has a stronger arm and after taking that hit can make one throw that really hurts. And then the next throw he does, he throws it 65 or 70 yards down the field. Josh Allen is as I think it's, I don't know who says it, but Oh, is it uh is it a Colin Coward or somebody calls him an alien? The dude is just not human. Um, but this, this, the football game earlier today was I, all I wanted was good football. And this game, the, the game we're getting right now, Bengals and Chiefs, has been a good football game so far. But it's frustrating 
just watching what we're watching. Meanwhile, the 49ers Eagles game left a lot to be desired just because they were down to basically just literally handing the football off, which is you always wonder, right? You watch these games, you're like, what would happen if the emergency quarterback came in? Well, we didn't see the emergency quarterback in that football game, but we did see a situation where the quarterback threw the ball twice. Was it two times in the second half? It like it was it was not good. But as far as this Chiefs Bengals game goes, it's just showing us, right? The errors, the mistakes, the the missed opportunities as it pertains to what we watched last week. And I think the problem that's kind of getting me right now even more is, you know, that sound that you hear, that sound that you hear in the back of your mind that isn't necessarily completely audible, but you know, like it feels like somebody's like watching or like, or, or walking behind you down the street, right? There's just, it's dark out. You just feel like somebody's watching that sound that you hear, that feeling that you feel are the teams in the bills division getting better while the Buffalo bills are not getting better. Um, you look at certain things as it pertains to them firing their safeties coach. We don't know why. I don't believe for one second that they're, they're blaming him for that loss. I have a feeling it's probably something personal or it's something where it just wasn't a fit or it just had ran its course or who knows what the, the answer is or what the story is. Um, you know, Tyrell Dotson put out a, a tweet today that was basically a goodbye to Buffalo. We know already that Jordan Poyer is most likely gone. We know already that uh, Tremaine Edmonds has a very, very large contract extension that he's expecting that the Bills will either be able to do or they won't be able to do. Brandon Bean left us in a situation where he told us that, you know, there's some guys that are going to have to be moved maybe. We're going to have to go get some inexpensive free agents. We are, you know, if, if the if the salary cap gets to $230 million, we're already $10 million over it. So it'll be interesting to see just what the Buffalo Bills do, if there's trades involved, who they resign, <clears throat> how they remake this roster. I think I've been saying it for a couple of years that I felt like the luxury of having 50 million or 60 million dollars tied up in your defensive line, which now is probably 70 million with Vaughn, was a luxury that I didn't feel this Buffalo Bills team could necessarily afford. And Year after year after year after year, including this one, that defensive line rotating at 48% has let us down. It's failed us. When you look at that situation, you're legitimately keeping four of your best players on the bench 25 to 35% of the snaps. I just don't understand a world where it makes sense. And because of salary cap issues, maybe this is the first time we're going to get to see that not be the case. Maybe we're going to get to see a defensive line this year where Vaughn is playing 70 to 75% of the snaps. Daquan Jones is playing 80% of the snaps like he should be, 85%. Ed Oliver is more than likely going to be on this football team. Is he playing 70 to 75% of the snaps next to Daquan Jones? Greg Rousseau playing 80% of the snaps. To me, there's just it's unfathomable the fact that the Buffalo Bills have allowed this to go on for four years. It, it just it hasn't worked. It's a nice concept on the whiteboard. It looks fantastically awesome. It just doesn't work. In reality, it's not It's not great. Tim Settle is not Daquan Jones, right? Boogie Basham is not Von Miller. It just is what it is. Jordan Phillips is probably the one en- high-energy, high-motor guy that's back there that maybe you'd like to see on the field a little bit more than 30% of the snaps. 
But outside of that, give me Vaughn Miller, Daquan Jones, Ed, or Jordan, and Greg Rousseau. 75, 80% of the snaps. And if that means we go to Florida and we lose one football game because they're dog-ass tired from the heat and being on the field too much, then so be it. Other teams go down there and beat the Dolphins in that heat, running their defensive line 80%, 75% of the snaps. If it means that I lose a game in Florida, which we did this year anyway, but I win a game in December, January, maybe February, I'll make that trade all day long. The Dolphins can have that one game. But anyways, I digress. Uh, The sound that you hear are the teams in the Bills division getting better. That creeping feeling that you have climbing up the back of your neck. We're already behind the Chiefs. We're already behind the Bengals. You can assume at this point we're behind the Eagles and the 49ers when they've got a competent quarterback. And the Dolphins have gone out and done two things while the Bills have done pretty much nothing, have outside of a safety coach, have made no announcements about Frazier. Do I expect them to? No. We'll talk about it in a second. But the Dolphins have come out and released a report that they are, number one, out on Tom Brady. So Tom Brady, who's going to be 80 years old this year, was seen, I believe, in a South Florida daycare just checking the facilities, which led to a crap ton of speculation that he was going to be uh, moving to Miami, which wouldn't surprise me if he maybe was going to retire there. Uh, but there was also speculation that, that that might be, there was one guy that yelled like at him, right? Like, Oh, you come to the dolphins. And he didn't, he just turned and walked away, but the dolphins have reported at least to this point that they are out on Tom Brady. Now, the interesting thing about that is to a tongue is still in concussion protocol weeks later. So you got to wonder what is the status? What is the condition of Tua tongue Is this head injury thing that he has unfortunately gone through specifically what three for this year is it going to be a situation where it sidelines him for a long period of time is it going to put his health and his life in jeopardy we just don't know which to me makes me wonder if the Miami Dolphins potentially revisit that stance of being out on Tom Brady sooner than later but that to me isn't the situation where they're getting better where they're getting better is they also announced today that they have hired Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator now a Miami Dolphins team that has had relatively decent defenses, and I don't think their defense was necessarily horrible this year either, did exactly what the Buffalo Bills should do. They moved on and they went and got a defensive guru, a defensive genius. Leslie Frazier, while he's good, he's a steady hand, he's a respectable man, he's a guy, he's a leader of men, guys, he's a guy that that players want to follow, want to play for. He's not exactly what you would call in 2022 or 23 a defensive guru. Yes, he's got schemes and things that he has done in the past that have worked well, but like anything else, the league catches up to you. Those days pass you by. You need to sunset certain things, and one of those things is probably this nickel 4-2 defense. So the Dolphins hiring Vic Fangio makes me incredibly concerned because they played the Bills extremely tough with the last guy. Now you're going to bring in a dude that can properly scheme you know, uh, uh, Bradley Chubb and can properly scheme, you know, all the talent, you know, Christian Wilkins and can properly scheme all the talent that they've got on that football team in the, in the defensive backfield. If Jordan ends up there, I just don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, it makes me a little bit concerned, especially when you have to consider that the Bills probably had an opportunity to, to give Vic a call. Just so everybody's aware and on the same page, it would not require firing Leslie Frazier. His contract is up. 
So it's not even really that big of a deal. It's a, hey, Leslie, your your contract's up. We're not sure what we want to do. Do you know what you want to do yet? Um, you, oh, you want to come back if we'll have you? Okay. I mean, have you thought about other things? I mean, you've had some head coaching opportunities as far as like, you know, conversations. Do you want to keep coaching? Do you want to stay in your current role? Are you looking to do something different? Um, just so you know, I mean, we're going to, you know, we're going to turn over some stones. We're going to take a look and see what's out there. And we're, we're going to need to have some internal conversations before we make a decision. Did you call Vic? Sean, did you call him? Did you? Because I would think that he'd rather be in Buffalo than in Miami. Regardless, our team is still better than theirs. We still have Josh Allen. They are questionable at quarterback at best right now until Tua is completely cleared to play, right? But it brings about the reality. You know, we go through and we talk about this football team, and we have a lot this week. I was on a bunch of shows. Um, I was I, I had Joe Marino on the Rapid Fire Friday episode on Friday, and we had some tough conversation, and it wasn't overly positive. The The show that I was on with him was great, fantastically positive. We ranked all the wins. Um, my show with him was, was not necessarily, but you know, even as we talk about the wide receiver room and we talk about the offensive line and we talk about the running backs, the reality is, fam, that the biggest concern on this football team, the biggest concern we have is this defense. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hands down, 100%, and even with it having been in the past, ranked in the top five, ranked in the top 10, on paper, DVOA, BS, statistics saying points per game statistics this statistics that even though that defense has been ranked well this offense generally can hang points on people and has done so for the last three years meanwhile i don't have the gaudy stats in front of me but if you look at the last four playoff losses that the buffalo bills have faced they've given up like 1400 yards i don't remember what the graphic said as far as points goes It's like gaudy and ridiculous. The biggest concern on this football team going into 2023 is the defense. And I would venture to say that if we were running potentially a different defensive scheme with a different defensive coordinators, the last four years may look different. I'm not saying that we're Super Bowl champions, but I'm just saying that things might be different. But when you've got an offense that even when it's 
looking like it's a, a one-legged man losing his shoe in a sprinting contest. Like basically he's tripping over himself and can't get out of his own way. And they're still putting 32 plus points on you. Your defense should be able to hold your opponent to less than that. Every freaking Sunday. Every Sunday. There should never be a, you should have a defense we have we have the talent, we have the ability, we have the guys on this defense to play better than they're being schemed to Jessica Tennis's point in the comments section earlier. And what's interesting is, is even with the concern that I have about Ken Dorsey, Ken Dorsey, if he stays here for another year, if he's retained, is gonna get better. He's gonna get better. You hope he's gotta get better, right? The first year with Dable and Josh wasn't great. The second year with Dable and Josh wasn't great. 2020 was great. They began to figure each other out. They began to figure out what Josh does well. Josh began to settle down and do good things. But the defensive coordinator, in my opinion, either has to change, 100% has to change, or they need to move him to some sort of an assistant offense or assistant like head coach role with like a defensive, excuse me, a defensive focus. And then they need to bring in somebody that's got fresh eyes, a fresh perspective, a fresh mind, fresh scheme. They've got to do something different on defense. And to be honest with you, I won't be surprised if Frazier is just not retained. I, I won't be surprised if Frazier is just not retained. I'll be livid. If we get a report in the next month and a half that Frazier has been re-signed for two more years, I'll be livid. Livid. Tracy Fitcher says that we're wasting Josh. That's literally what it is. I asked Joe Marina on the Rapid Fire Friday program on the Overreaction Buffalo Pod. I said, are we basically turning Josh Allen into the Dan Marino in the uh, Jim Kelly, John Elway years where Dan Marino was the best quarterback, hands down by far, 1,000%. It was undeniable and still is largely undeniable today that he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. But Dan Marino, what he lacked was a team around him. He never had a defense. He never had outstanding. He never had a Stefan Diggs, let alone two guys, let alone the Bengals, three guys. He never had a running back. He never had, a, he never had help. Meanwhile, the Buffalo Bills had an incredibly solid team. The Denver Broncos had an incredibly solid team and Jim Kelly and John Elway. And I asked Marino, like, is this where we're at? And it was funny because he laughed and he's like, well, the comp he's been hearing is Philip Rivers. And there's no way in this world I'm ever comparing Josh Allen to Philip Rivers. They are they are not the same people. Like Josh Allen is not Philip Rivers. Um, he is has the ability to be the best quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, top two, top three, top one if he's on his game and reeled in a little bit. But you got to wonder to Tracy's point, like, are they wasting Josh Allen? You got and, and and in some levels, yes. Yes, they've had 20, 2020, 2021, 2022, all competitive years, all years they could have made the Super Bowl, all years that they could have been extremely competitive in that run to the Super Bowl, but let up in the playoffs badly. That isn't true. Two years ago, or last year, sorry. Last year, they, they did not let up badly. That game was a hard-fought game. The defense definitely didn't do necessarily its job. 
But the reason it has that stain or that scar is because of 13 seconds, right? And then the Tyree kill touchdown and yada, 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 and all that crap. And then the walk-off, the walk-off touchdown from Travis Kelsey. But something's got to change, in my opinion, right? Jessica Tennis with the Super Chat. Oops. Uh, Jessica, thank you so much for being a part of the show. It feels like the Bills' goal uh, is developing coaches. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I mean, Brian Dayball came in incredibly experienced. Leslie Frazier is a former head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I don't know. You know, when you look at Coach Chad, when you look at some of these other guys, they, they've fired offensive line coaches. They've fired offensive coordinators in the past. They've let position coaches go. I don't know that that's necessarily true. To Sterling's point from the Hump Day Hotline last week, Jessica, the Buffalo Bills definitely aren't very good at developing players, and they don't seem to have a big interest in developing players. But I don't remember who I was talking to. I was talking to somebody who basically just said, you know, that's not where the NFL is. There's an expectation that they're going to come in and they're going to know how to play. They're going to be ready to play already. There is no real development in today's NFL, which is kind of sad. It's almost like they're responsible for their own development, which is what we saw with Josh Allen, which is what we did not see with a guy like Mitch Trubisky, who obviously wasn't a bill, but he was drafted before Pat Mahomes. It's almost like there's a, a different type of, onus or awareness or ownership on a player to be in charge of his own development nowadays versus you know the team development stefan diggs how many how many wide receivers do we see go in the first round that wash out meanwhile stefan diggs fourth or fifth round out of maryland wasn't the most gifted receiver there was maybe a little undersized and develops his his game and becomes one of the best receivers in the game interesting point daniel gowry says that uh mcdermott is not going to change not going to change. Uh, what else is in the comment section here? <laughs> Trey Ellis says, fire bean. I'm not there yet, but Trey, Troy, sorry, I'm blind. My right, my right eye is the prescription in my right. I have no prescription in my left eye. My left eye is perfect. 2010. My, uh, my, my right eye is like 2020 or 20 something. Not great, but, uh, you will be glad to know Trey that, uh, I did a show last week on the overreaction Buffalo podcast, um, which is just my own thing where I was basically just, I just broke it down to, you know what, Brandon, we love you, but it's just business, which effectively means you've got to draft better. You've got to get better free agents or you got to go like we, we can't, we can't, we cannot keep doing this. We can't keep drafting Terrell Bernard's in the third round. We can't keep drafting guys that just aren't good and guys that aren't going to play. So it just, it is what it is. Daniel Gary says, uh, this team can't waste prime years waiting for Dorsey to eventually learn his job in a few years, in my opinion. I agree, but I think that's where we're stuck, Daniel. Legitimately think that that's where we, we're stuck. Peyton plays, uh, when he's talking about uh, the draft, he says, offensive line, wide receiver, linebacker, safety, defensive tackle. Yeah, offensive guard, move Ryan Bates back to left left guard. Draft yourself a right guard who potentially maybe someday can play center in a couple of years, much like Eric Wood did. And then for sure, wide receiver two. You got to go get a wide receiver two, which speaking of the wide receivers, I'm just looking at the comment section here because I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'll let you guys go to get back to this football game. You know, the wide receiver, the positive that I have for you in this show, as much as I've been negative up until now, the positive that I have for you in this show is that the wide receiver room actually isn't as bad as we think. 
And this is not a concept that I got myself. It's a concept that I got from Jeremy White from WGR, who said, who made me, when he said it on the air last week sometime, it made me, it was an epiphany for me. It made me rethink the whole situation. So the problem that we had was we had Stefan Diggs, who was all world, right? Elite. Uh, we had John Brown, and then we had Emmanuel Sanders the year after. And behind them, we had a, a slot receiver in Cole Beasley. And then we had Gabe Davis. And Gabe Davis excelled in that number four wide receiver role. And what happened was, is when we got rid of Emmanuel Sanders, we just automatically assumed that Gabe Davis was ready to be number two. And here's what we discovered. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Gabe Davis is not ready to be a number two wide receiver. In fact, the number two wide receiver that was probably ready to be a number two wide receiver is no longer on this football team. He's a number two wide receiver downstate. Regardless, I digress. The wide receiver room is easily fixed. John, uh, Brandon Bean said that we're going to have to go about getting some inexpensive free agents. Well, there's one standing on your doormat right now begging to get, be let back in the building. Cole Beasley said that, and he said it, it was very heartfelt. He said, you know, when, when I left here, it wasn't great. Um, he said, and I, I don't know that he said it, but I think there was an inference there that a lot of the problem was on his side. Um, he said that, you know, this place is unlike any other. It's not like Dallas. You know, it's way better. You know, there was an expectation that Tampa was going to be good because Tom Brady was wooing him in, in his DMs and wanting him to come to Tampa, and he did, and it was strange, he felt. The only place he wants to be is here. The only place he wants to play is Buffalo, and he wants to be back next year if the Bills will have him. So I believe he's got at least one year left in him. So if, if this is a guy that we're talking about, <clears throat> get him in here. Cheap, million, $2 million deal, one year, right? Get him, Get him to to be there for guys like Khalil Shakir and whatever else. Jameson Crowder is another one who wants to be back that could probably come back on a one, two, or $3 million contract. Although Crowder has the difficulty staying on the field. But if you find yourself a valid, strong, realistic number two wide receiver, and there's some out there that are available now, and there's going to be some in the draft, and I'm going to do a show with Joe Marino and a couple other draft Knicks to base Sterling Furl will be one just to talk about who's there uh, late first, second round, um, just to kind of see somebody that's ready to play, somebody that's ready to be like that young kid, that Watson kid from uh, Christian Watson from the, the Packers who just stepped in and yes, it took him a couple minutes, but once he got it, like he's solid and gets it. But if you find yourself via, whether via free agency, a number two, Solid Corey Davis, they're saying, is expected to potentially be available. The Jets are going to walk away from him. And you've got yourself Stefan Diggs, and you've got yourself a solid, real number two, like an Emmanuel Sanders, like somebody that has been that guy, even a John Brown a couple of years ago. I don't know. I don't know that John Brown is ready to be that guy right now or has the ability. And then you've slotted a guy like Cole Beasley. And I know that we have mixed feelings on Cole. Some of you are probably already in the comment section. I'm not looking, saying he's too old. He's lost a step. I don't believe that for a second. And then you move Gabe, da Gabe Davis back to number four, which puts you, Khalil Shakir at number five, kind of like waiting in the wings to take that Gabe Davis number four spot when Gabe leaves after next year because there's no way the Bills are re-signing Gabe Davis. It just completely changes the ability, the strength, the outlook of that wide receiver room and actually makes it really strong, really strong versus four slot, four slot guys, three boundary guys, one of which is named Jake Kumaro. As much as we felt like at the beginning of the season, this was a tightly packed, talent-ridden wide receiver room, all of that was built on the hype and expectation that Gabe Davis was going to be the number two. 
And when that didn't come to fruition, that whole plan completely crumbled. Exactly the same way that the whole defensive line plan completely crumbled when Von Miller got hurt. The only reason that that defensive line was was effective and good up until Thanksgiving was because Von Miller was coming off the edge, which allowed every other guy on that team, on, in, on that defensive line, from Daquan Jones to Boogie Basham to whoever was out there, it gave them an opportunity to excel because they weren't seeing any schemed blocks against them. They were manning up against dudes, and they should be able to beat their dude. All Even John Fina and Jerry Ostrowski will tell you, I can only block for so long. And it's just a matter of time before, as an offensive lineman, because of the rules, because I'm backing up, because of the positions, because of the strength, because of all that stuff, it's just a matter of time before I'm going to lose an offensive lineman. So when you've got Vaughn Miller coming off of the edge and everybody else singled up, they're going to win more times than not. Vaughn Miller out there on, on his edge is getting double teamed and still winning. But the same way that when Vaughn got hurt, and it changed the dynamic of that entire defensive line. The same thing is true when Gabe Davis did not amount to what we expected him to amount to, which was a number two wide receiver. Once that happened, it was all downhill. Roy Collins says Jerry Judy from the from the Broncos. I don't know what Jerry Judy's going to get. Yes, I'd take Jerry Judy. If he's still under a rookie contract, maybe we can make a trade for him. But my guess is if he's a free agent, which I don't think he is, it's going to be a big number, 18 million, 17, 16 million. But that's a guy. For sure. That's a that's a big dude. Peyton Play says, Cole is a solid route runner. He is good to have with Shakir, even as a coach in the field. I'd like him to do that and stay healthy for playoffs again. Same. The biggest thing about Cole Beasley is he knows where to get open in a zone. And as we all should know at this point in time, Josh Allen eats against man coverage, and he struggles against zone when his wide receivers don't know how to get open which none zero until Cole Beasley got here of his slot guys knew how to get open against zone so to have Cole be able to sit down three four yards out catch a ball turn around and get three more for seven is ideal is absolutely ideal so but yeah looking through the comment section here real quick uh, Roy, Roy Collins has incorporated a quicker passing game. I'm not against it. I have said, if you go back, Roy, and those that are in the comment section that have been with me for a while can probably attest to it. I've been saying for years that Josh Allen is better in a quick pass in a, in a high and an up-tempo rhythm. It's, it's what they do going into every halftime. It's what they do going into the end of every game. They get into that up-tempo thing. And I'm not saying K-gun. I'm not saying running. What a catch. Holy T Higgins. Touchdown catch. That was absolutely gorgeous. Sorry, squirrel. Now the game is tied. Well, they got extra point, but it should be tied. Um, I have been saying for a very long time that Josh Allen, when he is in a three-step, five-step fire type of an offense, he's very good. But they just want to let him drop back nine to 11 yards, dick around, run around, try to create and make something happen. Just crazy just crazy but this buffalo like i think i feel like that there's an opportunity to quickly address the wide receiver room i think the bills can do that i think they can do it pretty quickly but they're going to have to do something about the defense they got a lot of players that they're going to be jettisoning leave, like leaving there might be a lot of trades we might see a guy like tim settle get moved we might see a guy like tredavious white get moved we might see ed oliver get moved 
we might see the Buffalo Bills not re-sign Tremaine Edmonds. It'll be interesting to just see kind of how all of that plays out. But uh, I want you guys to be with your families. I want you to enjoy this championship, AFC championship football game. So that's pretty much all that I have, uh, what's the word, prepared for you. So I'm going to let you guys go. So this is the last time that you're going to see me for several months on this platform. I, I will be back. Um, but uh, tomorrow night is the last Off Tackle with John Fina show at 8 o'clock until the season starts. And then the Humpty Hotline is Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Sorry, Code of Conduct, Tuesday, 8 o'clock, Wednesday, Humpty Hotline at 8 o'clock. And that'll be should be the last Humpty Hotline until probably either free agency or the draft season, one of the two. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into and tuned in all season. And I thank you guys so much for just being, oh, I forgot to do my read. Can't leave yet. Nobody, nobody go anywhere. <laughs> That's my threat. The brand new 2023 trail pass, which is right here, is bigger and better than ever. And there's no better time to get ready for the next for next year than right here, right now. The new trail pass features 23 area uh, breweries, satteries, meteries, and beer bars all over Western New York. While almost every stop, Still offers the second half price beers with your pass. There are still several other offers available from this from select locations, such as discounts on flights, food, and merchandise. You can save over four hundred dollars with this pass, and it costs right around thirty bucks. Uh, like a T Bass field goal, you just can't miss the twenty twenty three Trail Pass. Oh, let's, yeah, let's show you show in the front twenty twenty three Trail Pass and other beer trail items are available at our website www.wnybeertrail.com. Just click on the shop tab and use the code the Voice fifteen to save on your entire order. Uh, I believe 15% off of your order. This is the perfect way to start your new year and go ahead and get yourself a little something. We at Western New York Beer Trail are proud to support everything local, craft beer, small business, local charities, watch for our meetups and fundraising events along the way. Western New York Beer Trail, drink local, support lo local. We will see you on the trail. Woo, got that in. I'd, I'd have felt really bad. <laughs> RJ Mayville says, uh, thank you for all the great work this season. Thank you for, for, for being on the ride. Um, I pre appreciate you. Uh, David Silver says, go Bills. Yes, David, for sure. Uh, Karen Idzik says, uh, man, I'm going to have to get a life now. Podcast taking breaks, no Bills. It's definitely, it's a grind. It's it, This is a, this is definitely a grind. Jessica Tennis says, have a great offseason, Joe. Uh, Jessica, you too. Daniel Gowry says, thanks for the season, Joe. I just want you guys to know how much I appreciate all of you guys. Peyton says, enjoy your time off, Joe. Um, well, it's not goodbye. It's I'll see you later. Tracy says, bye, Joe. It's not goodbye. It's I'll see you. I'll see you in a minute. It'll, I'll see you in a minute. Right. Is, is basically what, what it is. But, uh, uh, but yes, I do appreciate every single one of you and I appreciate every single one of you. And I appreciate the fact that you guys have hung with me all season. This show has grown this year, which is the only thing that I as a content creator can ask for. So uh, be on the lookout uh, for just what we're going to be doing going into the 2023 season as things begin to ramp up. But for me, uh, for Jay Spence, the King, my best friend, for John Fina, for Jerry Ostrowski, for Bruce Nolan, for all of it, what's Sarah Larson, for everybody on the show or on the platform, I should say. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Uh, yeah. Enjoy the, uh, the, 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 the rest of the AFC Championship game. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Do your best to enjoy the offseason. We'll be back in touch. Check right now after this. Go to Overreaction Buffalo Podcast and subscribe to that because you are going to get offseason content from me. I just don't know how much yet. So make sure you do that if you want to keep hearing my voice. But uh, with that, I'll talk to you guys later. Love you guys. Go Bills.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 